Welcome to Tashma, the podcast where you get to listen in on Hadar's Beit Midrash. I'm Rabbi Avi Killip. Each week this year, we will hear a Dvar Torah on the weekly Parsha from Rabbi Eli Kompfer. Let's listen in. In Parshat Kitavo, the word Amen appears 12 times in 12 consecutive verses. It is also a word that features prominently in our prayer experience, usually in response to the prayer leader's prompt. But what does this word mean? What is happening ritually when we say Amen? The word Amen can indicate essentially three things. One, accepting the consequences of a statement. Two, expressing agreement about something that has happened or is currently the case. And three, expressing belief in something that will happen, but has not yet come to fruition. But in all of these meanings, it is important to remember that the saying of Amen can constitute a ritual in and of itself. More than just expressing acceptance, agreement, or belief, it is also a ritual public performance. The use of Amen in our parasha lays the groundwork for meaning number one, accepting the consequences of a statement. In Parshat Kitavo, Israel is accepting upon themselves the consequence, being cursed, of not following various laws. Rabbi Yossi Brebi Hanina therefore derives from this scene in the Torah that one general function of reciting Amen is Kabbalat Dvarim, accepting the consequences of a statement. The word Amen has two other meanings in prayer beyond acceptance of a consequence. Meaning number two is to express agreement about something that has happened or is currently the case. In this way, amen is similar to emet, I affirm what was said is true. Meaning number three is to express belief in something that will happen but has not yet come to fruition. This is also a form of request. I hope that this will happen. Here, the tradition that Amen is an acronym for the statement El Melech Ne'eman, God the King is trustworthy and will act in the future, is particularly resonant. In fact, Midrash praises Israel for answering Amen even to blessings in which God has not yet performed the act in the blessing. This is perhaps most clear with the act of bringing the dead to life. We read in the Midrash, the faithful ones, emunim, Hashem guards them. Another interpretation, this refers to those who say amen with faith. The prayer leader says, blessed who revives the dead. And with faith, they answer amen, who believe with all their might in the holy blessed one, that he will revive the dead, even though reviving the dead has not yet happened. The Midrash plays on the word emunim, understanding it as those who say amen. The act of faith included in the response Amen is borne out in the blessing of granting life to the dead. Israel responds Amen with fervor to this blessing, even though this has not come to pass. Amen is a prayer for the future, not just an affirmation of the past. As Rabbi Yudabar explains, each time we recite Amen following a prayer or blessing, it is important to understand which aspect of Amen we intend. As such, when we recite the word Amen, we must have a very clear sense of the meaning of the word we indicate at that moment. 
In the middle blessings of the Amidah, we are actually drawing on both meanings of Amen after hearing various blessings of request. This is because the middle blessings both describe aspects of God that we affirm as true, but also ask for future intervention from God that we want to happen. An affirmation in the present and a hope for the future are wrapped up in the simple word Amen. But the word Amen is not limited to its meanings. It also has a role and function in ritual performance. The Mishnah describes the performative element of the Amens in Parshat Ki Tavo. Quote, they turned their faces to Mount Grizim, and the Levites opened with a blessing. And both groups of Israelites standing on both mountains answered, Amen. Then they turned their faces to Mount Eval, and the Levites opened with a curse. And both groups of Israelites answered, Amen, until they had finished reciting and responding to the blessings and curses. This is a moment of deep symbolism, in which one mountain, Grizim, represents the potential blessings, while the other mountain, Eval, represents the potential curses. When the Levites face each mountain in turn, they are directing their focus to the blessing, or curse, embodied. The people on the mountains provide the ritual response of the blessing, or curse, with their response of Amen. The Amen recited by the people over and over again is not only an indication of their acceptance, it is also a public ritual that elevates the moment. Imagine the power of hearing Amen again and again recited by the entire people after each stipulation of the covenant. It is a powerful image of a group of people focusing on words and responding with agreement and acceptance. In the context of prayer, Amen also offers an opportunity for the worshiper to listen and respond. The recitation of Amen is the way in which public prayers become participatory and not limited to the prayer leader alone. In fact, one rabbinic approach claims that reciting Amen is even more critical than the prayer that triggers the Amen to be said. Quote, Rabbiosi said, Greater is the person who answers Amen than the person who recites the blessing. Rabbi Rai said to him, By heaven this is so. Know that it is true, as the military assistants descend to the battlefield and initiate the war, but then the military heroes descend and prevail. After Rabbi Yossi claims that the one who recites Amen is greater than the one who triggered the recitation with a blessing, Rabbi Nehorai attempts to explain this with a parable. The one who recites the blessing is simply preparing the way for victory. It is not until the appearance of those who recite Amen who are much more numerous than the single person who offers the blessing, that victory is assured. As the Rashba comments on this parable, quote, the one who blesses is the one who instigates, but the one who answers amen finishes the entire act. That is, the blessing is not complete until someone else recites amen. The image of reinforcements is a resonant one for me. Sometimes when I am leading the prayers or even reciting a blessing, I feel that I need to know others in the room are with me, listening to the prayers I am reciting on our collective behalf and praying along with me. As the leader, no one can help me in the act of the recitation, but the community's response to the recitation can be very significant. When I, as a prayer leader, hear a thunderous Amen, I feel uplifted by the congregation and not abandoned on the battlefield, as it were. Indeed, sometimes the leader recites the prayer by rote, and their concentration drifts, 
But those who recite Amen have the opportunity to lend their own Kavanah to the prayer. When I am leading the prayers, I find this injection of other voices helps me refocus as the prayer leader. And when I'm part of the congregation, I find saying Amen an opportunity to draw closer to the leader and support them. While there are many opportunities to recite Amen in prayer, perhaps the most critical is in response to the repetition of the Amidah. It is here that I see an incredible opportunity in prayer, both to focus on the words of the prayers and to support the leader who is praying on our behalf. Rabbi Yosef Karo gives us a vision for how we in the congregation are meant to experience the repetition of the Amidah. Quote, When the prayer leader repeats the Amidah, the congregation is meant to be quiet and focus on the blessings that the leader is saying and to respond, Amen. The repetition of the Amidah is an exercise in listening and responding. Some might object, if I just said these very words of the Amidah, why must I listen to them again? Indeed, this objection has led to many attempts to change this part of the service from the cutting or abridging of the repetition of the Amidah to permitting the act of studying while it is being recited. But I always wonder, did I say these words with enough intention in my silent prayer? Did I really take the time to focus on each blessing? The repetition gives me another chance, as it were, to pay attention to the Amidah in full. The Mishnah Brewer offers an approach on how to engage in this practice of listening. Place the Siddur in front of you and look at the words so you don't get distracted. Not only that, but the repetition gives me the opportunity to show my support for the leader and through the ritual response of Amen, express my affirmation of their leadership. When the congregation and the leader are in sync, like the Levites and the Israelites on the mountains of Grizim and Eval, then the prayer experience can be much deeper. The people are united in what is happening in the room, and the prayer leader isn't abandoned, but supported. Indeed, one Midrash notes how God takes pleasure in this ritual. Quote, There is nothing greater to the Holy Blessed One than the Amen that Israel recites. To me, the repetition of the Amidah is not a time for study, distraction, or talking. It is a moment to lean into this ritual of listening and responding, uniting in purpose around prayer and connecting to the one who cherishes hearing Amen. Shabbat Shalom. Our producers for this episode are Sam Greenberg and Jeremy Tabak. Thank you to Nadav Remez for editing this episode. I'm your host, Rabbi Avi Killip. It's been a pleasure to learn with you. Thank you.